In this episode of Pass the Everything, we talk about secret snack stashers, a spirited new service from Target, a flavor mashup in the making, the latest accolade for New Orleans, debatable though it may be, and two food-focused shows we watched this week. Episode five, let's eat. From our table in New Orleans, this is the Past the Everything podcast. Your favorite food podcast. We're going to call this episode 5B. 5B. Because full disclosure, this is the second time we record most of this. We were almost done. And then technical difficulties on this episode. The computer stabbed us in the fucking back. Ugh. And we we were almost at the very end too. Mm-hmm. So now we have to re-record the entire episode. And it was so good. Okay, okay. Before, we were rolling. We, before Anyways, we whatever, far, whatever. Let's, let's introduce each other real fast. Right. He is my podcast partner. He is the guy who started the past the everything Instagram that started this whole thing for sake of the podcast. We will call him PTE possibly still hungover (laughs) from Saturday night. And she is Ashley. She left her career in radio to work with me on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And she is smell blind in the medical and Uh, science communities. They call it anosmia. anosmia. So I am anosmic Mm -hmm. and no, it is not COVID related. It's been like this as long as I know. Yes. So either I was born this way or like at some point, I don't know, I was dropped on my head at the wrong angle. (laughs) And like, I have never been able to smell for my whole life. Yeah. Well, the first thing that I thought of when you told me about this first, I thought you're making up a medical term. Turns out a quick Google told me that uh, you were not. And uh, the second (laughs) thing is, is that I immediately asked you, I can't, it's more like a statement. I cannot believe how much you enjoy food because you can't, you can't smell it. And that I would argue is the biggest sense that I would love to have over taste even because smell is, is, uh, directly also affiliated to memory. And a lot of, I don't know, certain smells will trigger memories with food for me. So I'm very sorry, but you know what else smell is directly related to a lot of times what your ability to do shots. I'm really good <laughs> at like the alcohol, not hitting me first. Yes. So I can shoot almost anything that is dangerous. So basically every time you drink, you just black out because you can't no, I do things no. in moderation. Now you on moms, the other li- hand, moms listen to this. So just kidding. Just kidding. Ashley's mom. No, I, mean, I was going to say you on the other hand, yeah. your sense of smell doesn't seem to be stopping you from getting so drunk that you're still hung over no. days later. No, I'm a season. I'm a season. Was it that you drank pro. too hard or you're just, getting old. I'm, it's, it's a combination of the two. I actually, you know, on Saturday night, I took it relatively easy. The issue is, is that I'm getting fucking old. And so now my hangover is like the death by a thousand cuts. It's very slow. So my day will start. I'll wake up early because I can never sleep in, especially if I've been drinking. And then as the day gets long, mm-hmm. I get more and more hungover. So I wake up feeling great. I wake oh, up and I'm like, oh, I'm ready to roll. I feel great from last night. Maybe I'm over this shit noon one, two, that's when it starts to get real dicey. Like I start to have some body aches and I have a headache. I try to take a shower to feel better. I start to, I can't form, you know, full, full sentences. And then the next thing I know, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to go anywhere today. Like this is embarrassing. I'm going to stop you. Cause I think we still might be at the not able to form full sentences thing. That's a good, that's yeah. a good point. I mean, Which we are recording this the into- second time <laughs> around and I'm drinking a glass of wine now. Cause I'm like, fuck this shit. So. <laughs> 
Oh Lord. Every We're week here. we start things off with what we call the scoop. It uh-huh. is our little focus on food as it has appeared in the news over the last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is not really a headline, but a question for you. Okay. Are you a food hider? Stasher, a, a snack stasher, a hoarder. <laughs> I, I I am on the opposite end of this. I am the person that has the food hidden from them. So I am on the receiving end of this. I've never had to hide food from anyone. I'm the person that you need to hide your food around. Yeah, because you always finish it. Yeah, yeah, and and it's usually associated with snack food. So anything you know, whatever, if it's snack related and you don't want me eating it, my grandma used to hide snacks from me when I was a kid in the house because I lived with her for a period of time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, it feeds perfectly into the story because according to a new poll, almost half of us have hidden snacks around the house. So someone else would not eat them, usually kids or a significant other. Mm-hmm. And according to the story, around seven in 10 snack hiders say that they have been discovered. Someone else has found their stash. So they will change their hiding spot around. According to this story, the average is like four times of finding new hiding places. Uh-huh. Then the article listed some ideas and like places where people hide their snacks. Yeah. These are not necessarily- You look very excited right now. I'm look, excited. These yeah. are not necessarily the top three or like <laughs> the best three, but they're my favorite three. Let's go. Number one hiding spot for your snacks is inside of a container of some healthier snack. <laughs> wow. Hidden in plain sight. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Number two is behind books on a bookshelf. That's very sad. Continue. Number three <laughs> is behind the washing machine, which by wow. the way, is some effort to get that back out once you've put it behind the washing machine. That is. But these three things make me wonder so much about the people that these snack stashers are hiding their food from. What does that say about their significant others? For me, there's no wondering. It tells you three specific things about their significant others. Okay. They eat like shit. Oh, the hiding in the yes. healthier thing. Yeah. yeah. They don't like to read. So they're probably oh, behind pretty, the books. Yeah, yes. yeah. They don't like to read. They eat like shit and they refuse to help out around the house or do chores. They're behind at least the do laundry. Yeah. Yep. So they, and honestly, that tells me more about the person that's hiding the snacks. It's like, if that's where you have to hide things to keep stuff away from your partner, maybe next, next time you wake up in the morning, take a long look in the mirror because you might be choosing the wrong fucking partner. <laughs> like, I was going to say, don't look in the mirror, look next to you at no, your partner. Do, do both and then reassess why you're in the relationship that you're in. Maybe we just saved somebody. Who knows? Or maybe I just accidentally <laughs> ratted somebody out with their snack hiding spots. They're like, damn, now I got to find all new spots because now my partner is going to go look in those places in my house and ding, ding, ding. That's where they are. Yeah. And that's going to, that's going to trigger something. It's going to be an issue. Speaking of people around the house, my next story, mm-hmm. only about 14 months late from the original <laughs> time when we were all forced into our homes full time. Yeah. Target has announced that they are adding beer, wine, and alcohol for curbside and in-store pickup at 1,200 stores in 29 states around the country by the end of the month and adding alcohol for same-day delivery where local laws allow. Exciting, but I don't even know if we should be excited in the state of Louisiana. I don't know if we are one of those Uh, 29 states. I was like, where are you going with this? I'm very excited. Team Target all the way. Like, let's fucking go Target. I mean, yeah, a little late to the party. Hey, but you know what? The person that showed, remember like those parties back in the day and the person would show up like super late, but they're like, hey, I made it here. Everyone's kind of fading. But I brought beer. But I got beer. Guess what? That person's a goddamn hero. And that hero is Target. However, I have worked with uh, the company Shipped uh-huh. that delivers groceries and stuff that is owned by Target. Did not know that. And we are not allowed to deliver 
alcohol from any grocery store or Target right now because okay. of Louisiana restrictions. That's so weird to me. With our service. Yeah. I don't think Instacart can either. Uh, but I do know you can go through a specific alcohol service like Drizzly okay. to get your booze delivered to you. So I don't know if yeah. we're going to be included in that list of 29 states. You are an unintentional enabler. I am, I'm going to type in Drizzly into my phone right now. Drizzly. Cause I had no, I had no idea that this service existed. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I should just not be a, a lazy piece of shit and just, you know, go to a, a liquor store or a gas station if I want to buy my liquor. But I did, I did not know. No, but I was that saying Target is late to the game on adding this. I yeah. think you're late to the game on not knowing after oh, I, all of like I, that's a very good year, thing. That's a very that good thing. You didn't know about Drizzly. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's it's probably a good thing that I'm just now finding all this out. But I never thought of even going to Target and picking up alcohol. But you know, the joke is when you go to Target, it's like what's that fucking meme that everyone makes a joke of and they think it's original and it's not. And it's like, Oh, I went to target for one thing and you know, I bought $400. Yeah. It's like, cool. Uh, that's everybody that ever goes there. I have to say this all the time. It is not a personality trait to love target. No, it's not a personality trait, but you see it on like memes. On oh, it's everywhere. Like social media. I've never, I've never, uh, exerted an audible chuckle for any time. Anyone has ever said that I'm like, I, I can relate to you but you're making like the most basic statement of all time. Like just go to target and enjoy it for what it is. It's a, it's glorious. It's a great and I place. I find that I fall into that demo more than you do. Like, okay. I don't know what it is. Like there's a whole subculture of white women mm. just talking about how much they love target. <laughs> <laughs> like there's like, if you even uh, go on like yeah. Etsy, which is like that craft, I don't, I'm learning you things okay. here, please. Yeah, Etsy is a place me. where makers can uh -huh. sell their stuff to people on the internet, right? Okay. So whatever kind of thing you make, whether it's clothes or other kinds of crafts or whatever. Gotcha. And there's like all kind of crap talking about how much people love Target, like on t-shirts, on giant coffee what? mugs and like. So there's a subculture of people making like apparel where they're like, I love Target and they're selling those shirts. Mm -hmm. How is Target not on Etsy just being like, and you get a lawsuit and you get a lawsuit? <laughs> I mean, like, how the fuck do they just let that exist? Are they like, are they like just fully embraced it? Like, you know what? This is great because people yeah. are branding themselves. I think that's what it is. I mean, I kind of just roll the punches and be like, screw it. That's awesome. You're I mean, a, look, there's Target people. You're yeah. one of the Trader Joe's people. I'm a, I'm a, I, I am. I fucking love that place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you would carry a big thermos that said how much you love Trader Joe's. Oh my God. Yeah, I see. absolutely would. The best day I ever had at Trader <laughs> Trader Joe's was when I bought so many groceries there. They said, you, sir, have spent more money today than any customer I have seen. And they gave me like a bunch of, uh, of the reusable bags and some stickers. And I'm like, cool. Did this really happen? Oh, it really happened. Yeah. A couple of months ago. And, uh, I can't believe it's so embarrassing, like how excited I was to get some stickers and a couple of reusable bags because I spent X amount of dollars there. And it was, and it wasn't because I was, you know, flexing at fucking Trader Joe's because I had nothing, in, nothing to eat at home. And that's the only grocery store that I go to. So I was loading up. Um, but yeah, that, that, that really did happen. <laughs> Unfortunately, something you will definitely not find at Trader Joe's mm -hmm. is the subject of my next story in the scoop. Okay. There is a new flavor of Mountain Dew. Okay. Tastes like dessert. Oh, no. It is called cake smash. Oh no. Okay. So it, I don't know if it's going to hit. Uh, I don't, it, there's no word on when it's hitting shelves. Yeah. Maybe in time for my birthday at the end of the month. Yeah. You have a birthday coming up soon. 
I'm not going to get you a cake. I'm going to get you Mountain Dew cake smash. That's going to be, oh, you know what? I fucked up. I should have told you, you I got you a cake. Yeah. And And then Mountain Dew cake smash Mm -hmm. uh, shows up, you know, and you're like, what the hell? And I'm like, happy birthday. And then I make you chug one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, congratulations. You have diabetes. Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As not excited as I am about this, I have to appreciate the internet sleuths that are involved in this whole story. Mm Because they've been talking about this online since 2019 wow. when PepsiCo trademarked MTN do 80 cake smash. And they were like, I bet you this is a birthday cake flavor <laughs> of Mountain Dew coming soon. And they've been talking about it. And I don't yeah. know why it was like shelved or mm-hmm. partially probably because it sounds terrible. No, it sounds awful. <laughs> but I guess they've circled back to it. And like one Reddit user leaked photos of the can design. Like they're getting really serious about this. Oh my God. Somewhere hiding in the corners of the internet are all these people that are super fans of all things Mountain Dew. And they're just losing their shit about this cake smash flavor. Are these Uber fans of Mountain Dew or the most depressed people you've ever met in your lives? Like who is online looking at looking up every day and keeping an active, uh, you know, like a, an active watch for PepsiCo trademarks. And then, and then not only discovering it when it comes out, but being like, I need to create a forum so we can talk about this and people gravitate towards it. And like, we need to talk about this shit. Pepsi sucks. But somebody here is a snack insider and they got the scoop first. Yeah. And so they got the credit for knowing that PepsiCo is bringing a Mountain Dew flavor crossover with, let me see how they described it on the can. Okay. Um, do with a rush of artificial cake flavor. Oh, no, what? That they didn't even try to make the description of it sound appealing whatsoever. And I like how it's artificial to, cake flavor. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, okay. If I'm, listen, like I'm, I'm trashing on Pepsi, at, um, but at the actual Pepsi, not Pepsi Co. Because here's my thing if you want to make Mountain Dew fans happy, bring back Code Red. I'm telling you right now. I mean, actually, I don't even know if it went away. Have you ever had Mountain Dew Code Red? I haven't. Oh, man. I could tell by the way like, you're looking at me. I know. I feel like every episode, there's it's something so that good. you are so stoked about. And I'm like, I've never had Dude, that Mountain, in my life. Mountain Dew Code Red and Surge were the two sodas. Yes, at now the, Surge. Yes, okay. That, yes, I now was here. Talking. I was part of the Surge. Well, the Surge know, Surge? The Surge Surge. <laughs> you yeah. part of the Surge Surge? Yeah, surge, however, surge. Uh, we never had it in our house. My, okay. my mom would not allow Surge to Your be- Your mom is a very respectable woman. She's yeah. A, she's a saint. So I had to drink it at like the friend's house whose parents were irresponsible. <laughs> no. And I'm not going to name that friend yeah. because I don't want to like yeah, because the, bash the, their your parents. Your friend's parents are degenerates because right. no parent in their right mind should have had Surge stocked up at the house for their kids and all their friends to eat. I remember when I was 13 years old, I remember like being in middle school and Surge came out and I'm pounding Surge all day long. And Probably I remember burping like crazy. Oh, that stuff I don't made even me burp know so the, bad. I don't even know the effects it has on me to this day. Who knows? But all I, all, I remember at school, like you have those friends who they don't know what they're talking about. They're just like repeating shit because you're 13 and you think you know things and you have no idea what you're talking about. And they're uh-huh. just like, oh, you know that drinking surge is going to lower your sperm count. And I'm like, 13. Bro, I'm 13. I fired off 10 times before I even cracked the first soda today. I'm like, I'm peak puberty right now, dude. I am rolling. Like surge is not going to slow anything down. I don't care. This was never the discussion yeah. in my circles about surge growing up. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. Believe yeah. it or not, uh, I was not thinking about anybody's sperm count. Yeah. We 
we grew up with very different uh, upbringings. Who in your group of friends was concerned about? No, their that wasn't. That was a big 13. thing. That was yeah. a really big thing. Like, like I remember all the kids at school would talk about that, and we we didn't know what we were talking about. I'm concerned about drinking surge and skateboarding, and you know, uh, sending notes to a girl in class on like an, an actual paper note, like, and then then doing like the number thing where you fold up like a little cootie and catchers. You, yeah, then you like pick a number, like oh seven one two, one, two three, three four, four five. five six. Yeah, I could make one right you now. You open it up, it's wanted. like oh we're fucking married, and then you know everyone laughs. Like that was what I was concerned about. I'm not concerned about my fucking sperm count. Jesus, I mean maybe I should be now. <laughs> If I have issues down the road, thanks a lot, Surge. I don't know if any of the people from Surge would ever get their hands on this podcast, but <laughs> I also don't know that there was any fact in any of these claims by the 13-year-olds at your very, school. We're a very pro-Surge podcast, so you know the opportunity to sponsor is available there. I'll, I'll start pounding it to this day, and it actually probably could affect sperm count if that's a real thing. I don't know. These are all middle school rumors I'm repeating as a 36-year-old male. Now, I feel like a middle schooler would be interested back to the original thing yes, in this like back. cake flavored Mountain Dew, the uh-huh. same way that we were into Surge, yeah, or that, any yeah. of the other random little crossover flavors. Because I feel like these weird, quirky trend flavor of the minute happens often, and then they just yes. kind of go away, flash in the pan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I don't see this as anything other than like a little clickbaity thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a quick fad that doesn't even sound enjoyable to drink while it is trending. No, but you know what? I will try it, but you're, but you're absolutely right. It's going to be one of those things that that they might bring back later on. And then that we will reminisce on be like, Hey, remember that one time that there was a cake flavor in the 2020s. Remember when everything was crazy. Yeah. It was so crazy. No one left their homes and we drank cake soda. Like what the fuck kind of world were y'all living in? That's that's, that's depressing as hell. That one year of us being inside made us absolutely crazy. at the stuff we were into yeah. immediately after. We're literally living a depression, giving ourselves diabetes with cake pop. Like what the hell is going on? And then, yeah, that, that's exactly what's going to happen. But all that being said, I actually will try it. So I'm, I'm curious to try it. Um, they got one. Okay. There you go. You have <laughs> one customer. I, one of my really, really close friends drinks diet Mountain Dew religiously. I it's can't tell disgusting. you the last time yeah. I had a regular Mountain Dew uh-huh. or a diet Mountain Dew. Like yeah. it's one of those things where I feel like I at a restaurant, if they offer like, I don't know, all we have is Mountain Dew. I'd be like, okay, then water's fine. Yeah. Well, the only place. Same I, thing with Pepsi. Yeah. No, that's yeah. Just not, I mean, cause if it's Pepsi or Coke, it's Coke, but. Damn. This is the first time in an episode of this podcast that mm-hmm. I have been the one to say something negative about a product. Yeah, I know. Well, you know what? <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, but here's my thing though. The only place that I know for certain that offers Pepsi products is Taco Bell. And I only know that because my hungover. Well, Baja Blast. Yeah. Because they have Baja Blast. And when that's I'm hungover. The only thing that that's forgivable. And I want a cheesy gordita crunch. Mm-hmm. I'm also getting a large Baja Blast with it, which is also a Pepsi product. And they, they, by the way, to their credit, they did great with that because Baja Blast is delicious. I try not to drink soda anymore, but if I do, it's Baja Blast. And maybe now it's going to be the cake soda. Who knows? I don't know that this is going to be as easy to find. Like, I feel like it's like, oh, I don't know. We talked about this last time. The convenience stores that <laughs> last we Last time, all... 30 minutes ago. No, 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 no. The last episode. And yeah, then everybody uh, came at us with convenience store homework. And now I have right. to go on a road trip to go to all these convenience stores I've never visited. Like yeah. Wawa and then somebody else supplied uh, sheets, sheets that I've never been I've to. which I've never been to either. So I've I was like, wait, what? Yeah. But I bet if I traveled to one of those when PepsiCo releases this product, those places would be where I could find this like cake Mountain Dew. I will do us both the solid. I'm actually going to be in Florida very soon. And I confirmed with my friends, they have both Bucky's and Wawa out there. I am very excited. I haven't been in years and I will be sending lots of photos 
um, including what the soda section looks like to, to confirm. And really? Who is this? Weirdo? Yeah. What is it's this guy for doing? the podcast? Yeah. Don't worry about He's it. He's taking selfies in front of the, <laughs> uh, the Pepsi section. Like what the fuck is going on here? Anyways. Well, when you come back home, yeah. um, you will be returning to what is apparently the number one city in America for barbecue question mark. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yep. You know, people sent us a whole lot of feedback on the convenience store talk last week, but I also appreciate my friend Kelly for sending me a story that I needed to be aware of. Okay. Uh, This is based on an analysis of TripAdvisor restaurant reviews. Mm -hmm. There's this online food and restaurant resource called chefspencil.com that published a study ranking New Orleans as the best city for barbecue in America. Okay. And then they listed the top 10 cities again, according to chefspencil.com, supposedly based on TripAdvisor reviews. Okay. The top 10, number one is New Orleans for barbecue. Number two, Oklahoma city. Number three, Charlotte. Number four, Wichita. Number five, Virginia beach. Number six, Columbus, Ohio. Number seven, Seattle. Number eight, St. Louis, uh, there's a tie between Miami and Newark. <laughs> Very similar demographics. Totally um, understandable. What the fuck is going on? Thinking with this face raised eyebrow. Yeah. In you're doing, you're doing the emo- you know, yeah, I can, I'm looking at you and you're doing the emoji well, in real I life. I had to create theater of the mind for the no, people you're, who you're doing great. This. People like, could see you. Yeah. yeah. Can you hear my eyebrow raised? Because they didn't list any city in Texas (laughs) or Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, those are two. What is this study? Like, no offense to our own city and and the wonderful barbecue places here. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to preface this whole conversation with was New Orleans does have some damn good barbecue. My personal favorite is Central City. And I got to give props to Blue Oak. They're the ones who actually shared this story in the first place on Instagram. And as they should, one, Blue Oak is great. They have have tremendous barbecue. I've had a great um, experience every time I've been there. And if I'm the, you know, chef owner, whatever, fucking, if I'm just a, a, an employee there and I see this come out and I say that New Orleans is number one, you know what I'm doing? I'm sharing it and I'm bragging about it. Cause why would you not? Cause you're part of it. Yes, exactly. But this list is just, it's the Yelp effect. And what's happening is, is that some person from some website that I've never, you've never yeah, heard I've of I've never before. heard of chefspencil.com yeah, they, they before took, today. They, yeah. They took these subjective reviews from people and they somehow compiled that data, which, you know, was not shared how that was compiled. And they said, okay, here's the best barbecue in the United States. Meanwhile, Memphis, Dallas, Austin, Houston, et cetera, et cetera. These places aren't even on the list. That is criminal. I mean, absolutely. I just want to point out that TripAdvisor themselves. Yeah. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We had nothing to do with this study. (laughs) Like we were not associated with it. In fact, they said that they're concerned about the methodology, like Mm. the inclusion of and the representation of them as like the basis of this study. And also they don't like how Chef's Pencil compared and like pitted cities and states against each other. Yeah, I think TripAdvisor just wants everybody to get along and wants all of their visitors to the website to have a great time eating at all these wonderful places around the country. Yes. They gave They're like, ah, oh, don't pull Lord. us into this. They gave chef's pencil. They gave him like the Heisman. They gave him the good old stiff yeah, arm. No, like stay the fuck. No, back. no. Okay. Please stop using our name in this. Yes. And I know that you're going to like where I'm going with this. It's tinfoil hat time. Oh yeah. I think this is not even this kind of study story uh-huh. is not even clickbait. I think it is straight up 
share bait. Okay. Because you post this thing about these top 10 cities. Yeah. And then all these other cities are like, wait, 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 wait. So first of all, you have the people, you know, like our good friends at Blue Oak. Yes. Sharing the story. As they should. You share it if you're in one of those cities. As they should. But you also share it if you're one of the cities that was robbed. Also as they should. (laughs) And it's making people comment and argue about who was left off and like why they want to defend so-and-so for being on it. Yeah. It's like just social media conversation fodder. Yes. And then you have another chapter when TripAdvisor comes in. Now we're going going next level with it where you're bringing the whole thing back around full circle. So now TripAdvisor comes in and they say, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not, we're not part of this. We're going to disassociate ourselves from it. We're, you know, upset by this. We question the data, blah, blah, blah. Our tinfoil hat conspiracy, like a little culinary conspiracy here Mm -hmm. is, is that they knew about it the entire time. They were okay with the website publishing it. It's going to garner so much social media uh, attention and buzz. And then TripAdvisor is going to come in, denounce the entire thing, and they're going to create their own news cycle. That's what I believe is happening. And wait, now all these people that are in the places that were robbed are now going to go on TripAdvisor and yes. write the real reviews yeah. for the real places in their cities. Yes, absolutely. Look, having worked in, you know, a service industry position before, mm. you know that for the most part, people who leave reviews mm. are either super reviewers. Yes. Or they're pissed. Yeah. And they have left less than five reviews ever on any of these sites. TripAdvisor, Yelp, whatever. Yeah. They had a shitty experience and they want to go warn people about it. People are way more likely to go online and bitch about something than they are to go online and rave about something that was awesome. Unless you work there or you know someone who works there and you really want to support them they are more likely to go on and bash something. So like you said, what is the methodology of this? Yeah, no, I'm with you hundred percent on that. That being said, we have great barbecue in New Orleans, but if we're going to talk about the best places to get good barbecue in the United States, like let's include some places that are notorious for it. Memphis specifically, um, they have, their barbecue is so good. They have Memphis style barbecue. People fly from around the world to Memphis to eat their barbecue. How the fuck are they not on this list? That's, that's a, that's criminal to me. You know, there are cities that have more barbecue than us. There are cities that have like a richer barbecue history than us. I I just don't know how we made it to the top of the list. I'm, I'm excited that there, that's another like internet accolade for New Orleans. Well, notch in the belt. (laughs) I mean, it's great, but as long as we can be honest about what we are looking at. I think we're okay. Brings me to something else. We look at every week here on past the everything mm-hmm. food in entertainment. We always start with the most recent episode of top chef Portland. Oh, okay. Had yeah, me on we're a doing roller coaster. We're doing it. Yes. Episode seven. I started off very excited. Okay. We kind of teased this last week. I'm going to set you up. Why were you so excited, Ashley? Because my favorite person on the show came back from the quote dead. She didn't die. She didn't die. But they had eliminated Jamie previously. And then last week, the stuff we didn't talk about is that she won. Yes. What's it called? The winners of the losers. Yeah. <laughs> Last chance kitchen. Last the win- chance the kitchen. winners of the losers. The winners of the losers. She won that. And so they yeah. brought her back into the fold with the rest of the people. Yeah. Now your favorite person is back and we're really, really excited. And she comes in and everyone loves her. They're so excited to have her back. Um, they should also be nervous. They though, should be cautious because she's awesome. she is a not so silent killer. She is a noise making killer. Is what, yeah. 
pew, pew, yeah. pew, 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 pew. Yeah. yeah. All the, all the sounds, uh, the quick fire challenge. I wasn't like super excited by, no, it kind of, it sucked. was like, take all these foods that are gross and should probably be thrown away, but like, we're going to give them a last chance. Like they're overripe tomatoes. <laughs> last they're moldy cheese. They're like yeah. just the heels of the bread. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. I'm yeah. not excited to You're eat some, any of this. Yeah. Heels of bread, overripe avocados. It, it was almost as if the show ran out of a budget for them to like buy the the proper food and ingredients that they need to cook. But we know that's not the truth because that show was pumping advertisements left and right. Yeah. So they just gave them a bunch of bad ingredients in the whatever pantry of But of course, of these theirs. are the people that could make it awesome if anybody could. Yeah, of course. They're incredibly talented chefs. That's why they're on the show. And so, you were excited at the end of the quick fire. Yeah, because he's not my number one. Chef Sarah, like that's my girl. I love her. She's my, she's my, she's my go-to, but- Shoda is my number two. He's a close number one though. He is close. Mm-hmm. He holds mm-hmm. down for Washington state. I love chef Shoda. I don't remember what dish he had, but yeah, he it won was like fish heads and something else. Yeah. That was- and of course he made it incredible because he's so talented and just seems like a really, really good dude. So I was excited when he won, but also because it gives him immunity, which last week we said the rules yeah. aren't the, or the rules are the rules until they're not the rules. Well, apparently they're the rules again, because this week again, yes. there is the immunity. There is in- immunity. Well, the elimination yeah, challenge. And Gabriel, they didn't have it last week. I feel like Gabriel got screwed out of that. No, but. I not even feel like Gabriel, Gabriel got screwed out of the show and it was complete bullshit because chef Nelson brought him down and like, didn't know how to cook fish. I think it was that's a too crispy. Then Gabriel goes to the winners of the losers and then Jamie ends up beating him there. And then now Jamie's back on the show. So whatever, it all worked it's out. It's really the, the whole elimination thing slash the immunity thing is just us having commentary about how reality TV like always wants to keep you guessing and throw wrenches into things. Yeah. They're like, how can we fuck this shit up even more? It's like when you watch a lot of reality shows and everything is like an open bar because they just want people to get hammered and do do mm-hmm. and do, do do and do dumb shit because it's more entertaining, which I'm all on board for. Give me, give me that all the time. But yeah, Gabriel did get screwed over as a result of that. So they go into the elimination challenge, which is the real reason for my emotions Quick warning. There were some tears. If you haven't watched it already, you may cry. You're going to cry. If you did watch it and you cried, Mm -hmm. feel better because I definitely cried. (laughs) Yeah, it was the, they partnered up with World Central Kitchen to provide meals to, you know, frontline workers. And it was, uh, was 65 portions per chef at what? Three different hospitals located throughout Portland. Is that the, the, yeah. the logistics? Of so the everything thing? had to be very portable and reheatable because these yeah. people are like on call on the clock, saving lives. Yeah. And I was once again, it looked, it was a very touching part of the episode. Maria was crying. She was showing a lot of emotion. I was crying her, with she's her. She's married to a firefighter. You know, doctors and stuff were talking about how touching and special it was to have somebody actually do something for them in such yeah. a difficult time. Yeah, they did the whole video with the slow piano music playing in the background and everyone was crying and it was very emotional and it was very touching. And I, yeah, it was, it was a really good moment for the show. They milked it a little bit, but it was a good moment for the show. Your guy almost <laughs> got the ax, but thank God he did have his immunity. Yeah. Shoda did not. Um, I think he just tried to do a little bit too much there. I wasn't like, like, uh, was it drums? Is that what he was cooking? It was chicken. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Chicken. And that's what I'm referencing. Oh, oh, I thought you meant drum like the fish. I was like, no, Uh, it was chicken and it turned out gray. It turned out gray. And (laughs) like, if I'm the person at that hospital and I'm like busting my ass and saving lives and 
then somebody serves me free food. I'm very excited. And then quickly, I am not excited anymore when I open the dish and it is gray chicken drumsticks. Yeah. Well, I mean, luckily for you, you know, you're already on the unit. Just put yourself in a bed and let someone take care of you. But so <laughs> you would have had that reaction. I would have had the typical reaction of me to, I would have opened it up and been like, okay, this uh, looks a little discolored. Let me compare and contrast my chicken with everyone else here. Cause if, if we're on the same consistency, I'm probably just going to eat it and go back to work. <laughs> cool. So the whole yeah. unit will be stuck together. Yeah. There Great. you go. Yeah. So anyway, I was really excited well. because yes. not only is Jamie back from the dead, she kicked ass in this challenge and she was the winner of she the won. elimination challenge. She this won week. finger so, guns came out. Yeah. We were joking around. We we're like, Oh man, how much would it suck if they like saved her from winners of the losers yes. and she came back and then she lost this week and they like eliminated her again. Yeah. No girl did the opposite and she won the whole thing for yes. this week. Yeah. And so she she's was, not fucking around. No, Jamie came back firing. And like we, we were talking about people need to be cautious because she's like this little teeny tiny person. She makes these noises and she has like her own personality, but she is a fucking killer in the kitchen and she's really talented. And, and she will do it with the biggest smile oh, I have yes. ever seen. <laughs> I can count every single one of her teeth. Yeah. Every no. time she smiles. Literally every the biggest smile I've but ever seen. But for us, it's, she's a joy to watch. Yeah, for no, her competitors, they should be. Her being out. back on the show is good for the show. You know who also realized that the producers, which is why you know, I mean, you can argue. I mean, yeah, she's very talented, but she's back on the show for a reason. And guess who gets kicked off in this episode? Chef Avishar from Ohio, giving us weird vibes the entire time. He gave Jamie a hug at the end, like when were they all walking out when you already knew that his dishes oh, was the, the weird three. side was hug like, oh, that didn't land. Congrats, right? you winner! But then he like he did like the one arm side hug yeah. where it was like we're not really friends, but I'm trying to be friendly. Also, I'm pretty sure I'm getting voted off, but just in case I'm not like, we're cool. I don't know. I'm like, how, how does somebody on TV make me feel uncomfortable in my own skin? And that's what he does. So he's off the show. He is talented in his own right there. I forget what episode, but him and Shoda won some challenge and it was great, but I thought Shoda carried it. Well, Avishar's off the show. So there you go. Spoiler well, alert. <laughs> Sorry. You said that in the wrong order. Damn it. <laughs> Something else we watched this week, though, that is not Top Chef. Okay. Something that brings it a little more close to home. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know about you, but I watch the channels, I guess, in the Discovery family. Okay. And I have been beaten over the head with the advertisements for Discovery Plus, that streaming service, for months now. Okay. I'm the complete opposite. I've not seen a single advertisement for this. I have like my streaming platforms that I stick to and that's, and that's it. Well, clearly you don't watch HGTV or like TLC or <laughs> mm, I beg to differ. Um, well, then I, how have you not seen the commercials? I don't see them. I want, I love property brothers. Those are my guys, but okay. I've never seen a commercial. Anyways, we're going to get sidetracked. Anyway, here. you can stream all that stuff on discovery TV. And, okay. Uh, sorry. Discovery plus. Mm -hmm. And I downloaded that. And then there's a whole like corner of that platform for food focused programming. Beautiful. Okay, great. So our, um, I guess neighbor, yeah. Todd Graves out of Baton Rouge, yeah. founder of Raising Cane's has a show on mm. discovery plus. Yeah. It's called restaurant recovery. Yes. And it has gone to all these different, there's 10 episodes up on the platform. Uh-huh. He's gone to different cities all over the country. And for whatever pandemic related reason, 
kind of like overhauls these restaurants. Yeah. And to give just like a really quick background to anyone listening who isn't familiar with Raising Cane's, uh, fast food, but only chicken. And it is fucking delicious. It's so, so good. And you know, he started in college and he like, it was like, did like a business school. Wasn't it like a marketing project no, or yeah. something? And he like submitted the project and he was like, I want to do fast food where I only do chicken. And they were like, yeah, this is a horrible idea. And then he basically gave the middle finger and was like, yeah, well, I'm going to figure this out. Cause I think how it's many work. locations of raising canes later, I don't know, 200, I, who knows? I'm just throwing a number out there. Yeah. I'm probably underselling it anyways. Probably. Wait, Google is our friend. This says over 570 locations. Yeah, that's a lot. I'm not surprised by that. Anyway, back to what we were talking mm-hmm. about. Now he's doing um, this show on Discovery Plus, and it's it's great because- He goes into a different yes. restaurant every episode. Yeah. Uh, he's like John Taffer, but now he's doing it in COVID times, and he's helping people. Right. Like so there's, there's a little bit of a 48-hour uh, a like overhaul on the restaurant, mm-hmm. um, tweak some things. I don't know that he tweaks anything about the menu. I, I only- admittedly have watched one episode and it was the one that spoke most to me because it is in new Orleans. Yes. And I learned from watching this, first of all, (laughs) that I have said this place, I've pronounced it incorrectly for years. Yeah, me too. We both talked about this. I have been calling it Domelisi's po' boys. And apparently you just say Domelisi's. Yeah. Domelisi's. Cool. Learn something from that. Yeah. That was, that was weird. I'm like, okay. Even when you think you know things, you don't know anything. So Todd Graves went in, you got to watch the episode if you have a discovery plus. Yes. And if you're, um, you know, a lot of people, or if you're in the area, just go to Domelisi's and you'll see what happened in that episode. Yeah, no, I mean, you could easily argue that it is the best neighborhood, um, go to for po' boys. It is so, 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 so good. And it's really weird because a lot of people that travel here, everyone knows about parkway not a slight on parkway it is delicious it's like i feel like the tourists everyone knows about mothers on poydress really okay i would argue that mothers and parkway are on the same kind of level where it's like everyone knows but you can go to mothers and get a lot of different things like if, a, if i'm a tourist i'm coming here for just po boys i think parkway would be pretty high on that list but anyways the point is that it's never domelises it's very rare if someone's coming here for the first time and they're like oh i got to make sure i go there which they should because it's an institution and it's it's mm-hmm. incredible uptown staple yes uh he did a whole like renovation physically inside the restaurant yes. and the house that is like connected to it uh huh so worth checking out. Yeah. I feel like we were both like, oh damn, now I need to go. I haven't been since before, I honestly know. before pandemic. And it's been since probably for me, 2019. Yeah. I think it's been about that long for me too. Also, you know, to the, to the owner's credit, I, it's hard to talk about this episode cause I don't want to give too much of it away, but to their credit, like we do with top chef, like we do with top chef. <laughs> it's like, Hey, spoiler at the end. Sorry, Abishar. <laughs> RIP. Um, no, there's uh, I was surprised by how much they let him do. I went into the show with no expectations and I was surprised by how much they let him kind of get his hands involved in their business. Like he completely renovated Domelisa's. It was pretty incredible. I mean, granted it was some stuff that needed to be done. Yeah. Some necessary upgrades. Yeah. But with that being said, I was like, Oh wow, they're, they're really, they're really taking this to another level. I just thought he was going to go in and just help them figure out a way to, you know, survive the entail of, of COVID, but no, they, they went all out. So to the and show's that is, credit, that is episode 10 yes. of restaurant recovery. I want to watch all of them now. Now I want to go back and watch because 
in addition to him doing all this stuff, he always brings in a celebrity or two to help with yeah. the episode. Uh-huh. In this one, it was Michael, Michael Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. He shows up like driving a food truck. Yeah. And then Rebirth Brass Band is behind him, like yeah. and if having that, a whole party yeah. in the street. But in another episode, like Shaquille O'Neal is there. Uh-huh. Another episode, uh, Nelly is there. Mm-hmm. Another episode is Snoop Dogg. Snoop like, Dogg. So these yeah. unlikely friendships, I now want to go back and watch all of these episodes on Discovery Plus. So uh, Yeah. And you forgot really quick about them FaceTiming Archie Manning at oh, the yeah, end of the episode. Too. It's like the most New Orleans shit you could ever do. It's like... <laughs> here's a member of the saints. And then here's the brass band and here's Archie man. And you're like, what the hell is going on? But I will say one last thing in that to Todd Graves's credit, he also completely funded this entire show out of his own pocket. So okay, that I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was actually doing an interview on another podcast I listened to, but it was really interesting because he was talking about that and yeah, it was, it, he came up with the idea and he funded the entire thing. It went way over budget and he was like, I'm still doing this. So he's doing this out of his own, out of his own accord and just wanting to help people out. So credit to him. I'm a big fan of Kane's. I'm a bigger fan now and I will continue to go there. And a big fan of Domelises. Domelises. Which now which we know we how to say correctly. Now enunciate the proper way. Unlike when I first moved here and I called it domiciles, which oh. is embarrassing as fuck. Yeah, that's way wrong. I'm going to, yeah, that was embarrassing. Didn't you tell me you had a friend who completely butchered a street name here? Oh my God. All right. So if you're uh, familiar with New Orleans, there is a, there's a very, uh, very important uh, street in the city, Chapatulas. T-C-H-O-U-P um, is how you start off the spelling. Um, I had a buddy of mine that lived here temporarily as a as a travel nurse, and he's from Boston, and he pronounced it to cockapopulous. To, to, to cockapopulous. And when he said that, and he said Oof. it with such conviction, and I was driving, and I was laughing so hard. I'm like, wait, can you <laughs> one more time say that for me? To He's like, yeah, you no. just go up here and you make a round to cockapopulous. And I'm like, okay, um, <laughs> bro, I have some issues, right? Like I got to work out like my domiciles, but like at least I'm kind of in the ballpark. Where in the hell are you Even coming up GPS with this? Even my GPS gets closer than that. Yeah. She it, says chupitalis. Yeah. That's <laughs> so much closer. I, <laughs> I could not believe. Um, yeah. That's one of the funniest moments I've had. Anyways, if you're familiar with New Orleans, you'll know exactly how fucking hilarious that is. So yeah, I have a friend, Tukaka Populous. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a segue. I'm still. No, there's no segue. It's like, I can't believe that. Unbelievable. To wrap things up every week, we always go into our highs and lows, our food win and our food fail of the week. Mm -hmm. Best moment, worst moment. Do you want to go first or you want me to go this week? Yeah, you go first. I want to hear yours. My food win. I, I kind of hinted at this last week that I have sushi probably every single week. We, no, you didn't hint at it. Yeah. You like knocked. I raved about it yeah, for a minute. Hit yeah. me over the head with it. Yeah. So this week I had my sushi twice, two nights in a row on accident. Well done. Two different New Orleans sushi places, both excellent. Friday night was Royal Sushi. Um, I got the Royal Roll, highly recommend, delicious. Uh, night two, I had to go back to my old faithful Mickey Moto. Yeah. Cause honestly, like that one, I didn't even intend to have sushi the second night. I just took a nap at a weird time yeah. and I woke up and not many places were still kicking mm-hmm. and open. 
and Mickey Moto didn't close until another half hour. Which we talked about this. So that's an essential part of your Mickey Moto love is they are they're convenient and they're consistent. So you mm-hmm. get the reliable, good sushi and you know when they're going to be open and you know you're going to get it. I mean, yes. you can't beat that. Those are the top two things I look for. So I if you're it. going to Mickey Moto and you like tuna and you like spicy, mm-hmm. I recommend the Dante roll. Sold and sold. All right. My fail is um, not something I ate, but I've kind of mentioned earlier in this podcast a little bit, working with shipped that delivers groceries. Yes. Occasionally I'll also do DoorDash. If you know, the money is good. They're like doing a peak, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to just turn on the apps, pick up and do a quick couple orders. Yeah. I totally understand that. My low point is my extreme disappointment at the lack of tipping from people that are ordering through these services. Oh, man. You're having someone go out, look at the bare minimum, they're picking up your food and delivering it to you. Yes. They are going out of their way to do something for you. That so you, you can are not willing to do yourself being lazy, which I do all the time, but I also tip when I do it at the maximum. They're shopping for you at the grocery store. They're doing a whole chore that takes you how long to do when you're even doing it yourself. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going grocery shopping, you have to pencil out, you know, between an hour, hour and a half, two hours out of your day. So if you're having someone do that for you, yeah, that's anyways, that's the reliance that people have developed over the past couple of years on apps like this, but treating the people that are doing those jobs like absolute trash. It's so incredibly disrespectful and just a lack of regard. And you know what, even if I'm giving somebody the benefit of the doubt where maybe they really don't know that you should tip in those scenarios, you would think that somebody within you know their circle would educate them on or this, maybe get but the I don't hint. understand how maybe you get don't the get the hint. When hint. the app notifies you, like yes. you can leave a tip now, how much tip would you like to leave? And you're like zero. Yeah. And that's my issue. The app will prompt you to leave a tip like you just mentioned. Um, and you have to go out of your way to be like, nah, I'm good. On another note, these apps should probably pay better for some of Probably, the jobs. Yeah. Their <laughs> margins are disgusting. Yeah. They should pay a lot better. It Especially over the year we've had. Yeah, We shouldn't be, you know, living, uh, we shouldn't be operating in an economy where people are, re- re- you know, solely reliant on tips when working in these particular industries. That's it. That's a very, a very big problem. But there. like specifically over the past week, I had someone who had like a weird complicated order uh-huh. who in like the notes asked for extra stuff that like wasn't on the original order, which changed the price. That changes the total. Yeah. Okay. And so then she was like, oh, but don't worry about it. I have $5 cash for you when you get here. Okay. And then asked like, well, what was the price difference? Told her that. When I got there, she had a sent her kids out to meet me for the food with mm-hmm. no cash. Oh, so she's completely ignoring you now. Mm-hmm. She's avoiding you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And B, four days later, still has not tipped a single. Oh, God. Yeah, the karma on that. I mean, it's like the gall of this woman. (laughs) It's pretty unbelievable that somebody could. And she's not alone. That's why I'm saying that's my my overall disappointment is is my food low of the week. The issue is that this is not a standalone thing. This happens all the time. But your specific experience over this past week is is problematic. And yeah, that's that's an issue. I yeah, I'm sorry you had to deal with that. Um, I actually gave you a Kane's gift card to help make Yay. up for it. Shout out to Kane's Todd Graves. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, okay, your turn. High and low. Okay, I'll definitely start off with my high. Um, I had a really good week. I I went to a couple of restaurants that I haven't been to um, before, and I also got to revisit some restaurants and bars that I have been to. But my um, my specific highlight is actually um, I had for the first time in my life 100% Japanese Wagyu. Yum. Yeah, 24 ounce A5. So good. It it is definitely the best piece of meat I have ever I've ever consumed. And it was so incredibly good. So I want to just give a shout out to uh, Red Hook Meats in Brooklyn. They shipped it to me overnight. It came from Japan. I have I was very spoiled with that. That was incredible. So Credit, credit to them. My mouth is watering. Yeah. The, I, I, I watched cause I was so just, I it was like, you know, I wanted to dedicate an entire day to prepping and cooking this. And I watched a lot of like YouTube videos on like how to do a proper reverse sear and all that. So anyways, that was, that was my highlight. It's hard to pick a low light because my week was really good. But if I had to pick one, I would say yesterday, um, I am in the quarter and I'm with a friend of mine and we're at, uh, we're at a bar. Um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, the upper quarter bar. My first time there, um, had the pleasure of meeting the owners and just hanging out. And, uh, we had, they were doing a crawfish boil and eating some crawfish and having, having some beer. And I walk around the quarter afterwards because we're so hungover that like we again, can barely form sentences. We're both on the same page. We're like looking at each other like, mm-hmm. oh man, it's, it's hard to form conversation anyways. So we're walking around the quarter and, uh, and I'm like, man, at some point I have like the internal dialogue where I'm like, yeah, I'm hungover and I feel like I have to fart. So you do. Oh. Yeah. So you do the thing where you're like, how does it always come back to this? I don't know, us? but listen, but I'm going to, I'm going to call myself out. So I, I had the feeling and I, you know, you have the internal dialogue and then, you know, you know, you know, your body. So you're like, well, if I'm just going to put a little pressure on the stomach and let it out, you can tell if it's going to be silent, if it's going to make some noise and I'm outside and we're walking around the quarter. So it's totally fine. Quarter French quarter for those that don't know. So I start to do that, put the pressure on the stomach as I'm walking. Turns out not really a fart. I'm like, Oh, oh my God. God. I'm millimeters away from shitting my pants. Like I'm a grown man. Oh my God. Yeah. So it doesn't actually happen, but it like starts to happen. And I'm like, Oh no, this is, this is a shark. This is, this is next level. I need to find a bathroom immediately. So I, I'm like, Hey man, um, we should stop in a bar so I can use the restroom really quick because we, at this point we're actually walking out. Like we we're walking to our cars to go home and, uh, I forget which bar, but I find a bar and I make it and everything was fine. We're all good. But yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, this is like, as it's happening, I'm like, this is crazy. I'm a grown man and I'm hungover and it's hot as hell out. And I am really close to shitting my pants in public. So there we go. Dude, I didn't even know that's what was going to be your yeah. low yeah, I, didn't, of the I, didn't, week. I didn't share this with we you. We didn't talk about this. <laughs> but oh my God, just yeah, last really week, close I was to telling some people about the podcast. And yeah. I was like, but a weird warning. Like there's often like poop talk in this conversation about food. Yeah. So like if you're not okay with your podcast having a little poop in it, then I didn't even know you were going to like... Talk about sharding this week. Yeah. Well, Dead. that's, that's my, that's my low of the week. Cause I had a pretty good week minus, you know, being so hungover that I almost shit my pants. Just well, I'm glad you got that in before we finished <laughs> the episode. That is yeah. it for episode five. Take two of yes. the podcast. Oh God. 
Thanks for listening to Pass the Everything, especially since we know there's like an infinite number of things you can listen to. We're happy to have you back. Mm-hmm. Every time we love for you to rate, review, share, yeah. tell a friend. Find us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and everywhere else, basically at PTE Pod. We will be back next week and we hope you will as well. Come back for seconds. 